This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Everyone, this is Jen Otero, and I am so excited to be back with all of you for this month here in August on Mercy Talk. And if you joined us last week, you will know that we started a really fun and hopeful, helpful conversation on how to deal with different difficulties in people and communication styles and the way they operate. Last week, we talked about the friendly sniper, which is someone that tends to kind of hide behind sarcasm, and there's a jab through the things that they're saying and doing. And so we talk through a lot of that, how to deal with that. Um, and we're going to continue this over the next couple of weeks, kind of talking through some of these, these difficulties that can kind of kick up in the way that people communicate and have relationship and how to address that. But also honestly, and we'll continue to say this, if this is something maybe even you struggle with, there's a place of self-awareness that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Not always comfortable, yes. but beautiful. And so I also have Miss Rachel Thomas joining me today, or I'm joining her, one oh. of the other. We we're are just, joining together, together. <laughs> to have this together. conversation. Yes. And so we have found on Mercy Talk over the years, and especially with this conversation, how helpful it is to get these issues out on the table, to bring them to the light so that we're able to begin identifying the stuff in our relationships, but also within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because how often we kind of expect this stuff, like especially the, those things you can kind of tolerate, you know, aren't healthy but you can kind of just put up with them. We kind of just hope it'll go away or we just start to figure out ways to kind of cope or to deal with it. Instead, what does it look like to really go, oh man, this is operating. This is what it's called. And this is how I can begin to do something about it, whether it's in my life or someone else. Because honestly, I mean, this may be new news to you all, but no one's going to set the boundaries for us. (laughs) We're adults we don't have mamas and daddies hopefully coming along setting our boundaries. If that is the case, that's a different conversation for a different day. But the reality is, as adults, we have to set our own boundaries. And when these things are happening, sometimes it's so helpful just to start with the conversation of, oh, that's what that is. That drives me crazy and I didn't even know what it is. But now I have a name for it. Now I have a way to identify it and now I have something I can do about it. And so that is very much our heart over this next couple of weeks, helping you all to see some maybe new things in yourself or others. Yes. And then going from there, figuring out what to do about it. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good, Jen. So this segues us perfectly into what we're going to talk about today. This actually will not need um, near as much an explanation as last week, because last week we kind of used this slang term of friendly sniper. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, plain Jane is a know-it-all. <laughs> Most of us uh, know exactly what that means, because we have either been in a painful conversation with someone like this, or we yes. have been that person, maybe unaware. But hopefully today mm-hmm. we'll bring bring some of that. But um, you know what I mean. I mean, if you don't, we're going to help uh, bring some of that to light. Hopefully you're in a conversation with someone and you feel like in the middle of that conversation or maybe even from the onset that what you are saying constantly has to be one up. Mm-hmm. What you were saying constantly has to be, oh, that's great. You got to go to vacation with your family at the beach. Well, did you know that last June we went to fill in the blank or um, every story you have or experience you have they have something better funner higher more hilarious or even I've experienced it this way this has been frustrating where you are sharing with somebody 
what you know in a specific field and they highly disagree with you and start trying to um, not only say all the ways that you're wrong, but but claim that they know the better way. But there's right. also not a lot of... Uh, there's not a lot of meat to back up those statements. <laughs> and you're confused. Like, do I actually maybe not know what I'm talking about? But wait a minute. I did, like, I have done this for a while, but wait, maybe I don't know anything. I have my doctorate in this. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I have to, like, rabbit trail. Have you experienced that ever in counseling? Because I like to ask Brooke these little, like, questions like, hey, so in counseling, does this get annoying? Or right. that, have you experienced that people try to counsel, like, professional counselors when they're not... Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> and I think, but we'll talk more about this too, but so often this know-it-all thing comes out of such a deep place of insecurity mm. yeah. where I know that I don't know it, but sure. for whatever reason, I'm not, I'm not comfortable in my skin or who I am to yes. actually be able to identify or admit the fact that I don't know everything. Sure. When we can get to a place where you're like, I don't know. Yeah. Let's figure it out together. There is a beauty that comes for that for yes. me and whoever I'm working with in whatever capacity it is. Yes. There's nothing more beautiful than sitting in a counseling session, for example, and having your counselor go, I don't know. Especially biblical things or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You see people go, oh, awesome. We're all human. Let's yeah. figure it out together. That's good. In some cases, we can ask Holy Spirit and he'll tell us. Yeah. But there's so many, there's so much to this that's really, really hard to be around if yes. you do know that person who is a know-it-all. Yes. But as we'll talk more about the roots as we always get to, mm. they're usually such an insecurity or pride or both that's yeah. operating that's really, really hard. Yeah. No, that's so good. That's so, so good. And I think, too, um, we feel like if we don't know it all, that that somehow makes us less of a person. Yeah. And so we feel that need, that urge of like, okay, I don't know it here, so I'm going to make something up. Or man, I don't know it. So I, I just need to say that I do. And I don't know. I, yeah. I think we've all felt that level of like having to prove, oh my goodness, I better have this figured out. And if I don't, totally. then like I am failing this other person. Mm-hmm. So I know that can be some pressure yeah. too. And when you think about it, I mean, let's just land here for a minute. If we talk about different trauma or family dynamics, or like, for instance, if I'm raised in a home where I am berated when I don't know the answer, or I'm put into a verbally abusive situation, mm-hmm. you better darn well believe I'm going to start knowing it all. Yeah. If there's oh, yeah. actually a self-protective thing. And I can sure. think of girls that I've worked with who present as a know-it-all and present as prideful and present as really difficult to be around because they chose to pick up this behavior mm-hmm. or way of operating because it was the safest they could be in their yeah. environment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or throwing up the wall because I have to be protected and pretend that I have it all together because if you see even an ounce of vulnerability in me, Mm -hmm. I'm unsafe. Do you know what I mean? So we continue to come back to this every week and y'all will hear this, but it's not an excuse to be this type of person, but it is a very good example and explanation of why maybe this is something that's operating in someone. And when when you're in relationship with anybody that operates from the things we'll be talking about over the next five weeks, there is a discernment and a place of going, Lord, what is that about? Yes. Like, why yes. is that something they operate from? Because I want to punch them in the face. But I know that's not you, Holy Spirit. So yeah. help me to have eyes to see what's happening here yes. so I can pray into it. But maybe even have, start to have some conversations. Yeah. Because often with this stuff, people don't have a lot of self-awareness. Yes. If they saw themselves the way we see them, you are absolutely so hard to talk to. Yeah. They probably wouldn't want to operate that way. Yeah. But they do. Okay. So I want to circle back around to what you said a moment ago, and that was self-awareness another word we love here yes because no one wants to think that this is them no mm-hmm. one wants to think that there's a know-it-all uh it's uncomfortable and uh, it's other people that yes. struggle with this right like it's everybody else it's everybody else <laughs> but 
because we give away what we carry and we like to talk about getting to the root here, we want to just talk about for just a moment, maybe some signs, yeah, maybe some signals that it actually is you mm-hmm. <laughs> and other people want to talk to you about it, but they're afraid. They're nervous. And so a couple little things or at least like signs in a conversation that I like to look for is the length of time, you know, when the length of time you've been talking. Yeah. If you start to notice that the other person hasn't shared in a while mm-hmm. and you are the one that has continually consumed the airspace, and I don't mean that necessarily sarcastically or funny. I mean, truly like yes. you've taken up all of that room with, with your co- part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. That is a good sign that that you you could be getting there, yeah. Because they don't have a chance to share. You're only sh- it's one ended. You're only sharing your experience, your story, your thoughts, and they're they don't have any input, yeah. And so maybe you're not trying to be a know it all, but it's coming across that way because they never have a chance to contribute, yes. You know. And then the other one I like to look for in a in a conversation is um, resisting the urge to tell a better story. Mm, So letting somebody else, this sounds stupid because nobody is keeping track of like checks and balances in a conversation necessarily. Nobody's going, oh, I won that one or I won that one. But I think there are those moments in a conversation where someone shares a story and everybody's like, oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Like either that, you know, that story of where they went on vacation or something really cool that they got to do or maybe even just something God's been doing in their life. Let it settle. You don't have to share something better. It's mm-hmm. okay. And and again, this goes back to what Jen was saying about the inner working. It's okay that everybody's attention or focus is on another person and not on you in that That's moment. Right. You know? And then I would say the other thing closely related to that is is the last word. Mm-hmm. Um even even if, and we'll get into this further, even if you feel like um you need to put a cap on that or you hey have that comeback or that one thing that would just like uh, one up whatever that that thing is and again this is closely related to letting somebody else share the better part of the story I think sometimes we feel the need to always have the last word yep that's right and go oh but oh but and it's okay it's so okay it's so okay it's so okay (laughs) and um, my friend I guess all of our friend Erin she's incredible here she's now in outreach and we love her dearly she has a little um phrase on her desk that I saw the first morning that she had set up shop like on a first day here and it has literally s- stuck with me and I, I love her even more for it now and it says let other people impress you yes and I thought man isn't that the truth let so good. other people impress you mm-hmm. because what will inevitably happen is if you foster that kindness and that encouragement um there will be time for you to share. Yes. And that does so much to somebody else to feel validated and cared for and, and even, so to speak, watered like a plant. Because, so true. you know, when you listen, you feel seen. Yeah. And so I, when I saw that there, I'm like, man, I want to do that. I want to be less about having to get in that last word so somebody thinks I'm awesome or cool or they know that I know this or know that and let them be the ones to impress me. And Proverbs is full of verses that talk about um, let somebody else praise you and not your own mouth. That's right. You know, and that has just been really something in my mind this last couple of weeks that I'm like, Lord, let me be okay with not having to be the one that, um, you know, 
one ups or absolutely gains that point. Always has the thing. Yes. 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 And I would add to that too. The thought that comes to mind is at times I feel like when a know-it-all is in action, whether it's Mm. me or someone in the room, suddenly there's this deflating that happens. Have you ever felt that? Yes. Where you just either you feel deflated because you tried to share this thing and it got one upped. Or because you're the know-it-all and you've been talking for 15 minutes, no one's listening. Yeah. They're on their phones. Right. They cannot wait to get out of the room. Yes. But if we have no self-awareness, we just think that we are enlightening their lives <laughs> yes. with everything we have yes. to share yes. instead of realizing, oh man, everybody in this room cannot wait to get away from me. Yeah. Because all I have been doing is talking. Yes. So I think out. that was just another thought. That feeling of so like good. just this deflation that comes where people either feel deflated or the room feels like no one can breathe because yes. I've taken all the air. Yes. <laughs> to keep talking. That is a very, uh, <laughs> if I could think of any other way to paint a verbal picture, like that's the exact feeling that yes. you feel. That like, I just shared something. And even I would say too, like, where people try to one up it or when that person ignores it yeah. and doesn't acknowledge that's it. That's right. Ugh, that is like such there, a You just get bulldozed. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. Mm, yes. That's good. Thank you for that. Sure. That's just the word that came to mind. Deflated. Deflated. Looking about possibly starting a program for guys, the biblical principles and everything that you hear um, in this presentation can be used in a male program and, and figure out how you're going to do that. We would love to train you and and tell you more about that. So feel free to go online and and see or give us a call and ask for our director of outreach and we'll get you started on that. So these are all really helpful things to be aware of, of course, because if we're trying to get aware, either in our own lives or in the relationships that we have, we need to kind of see how these things play out. Yes. But I love it that there's a reality that when we start having these conversations with people, as we'll be talking about here momentarily, this is probably not something they love to hear. None mm-hmm. of these things, as we're talking over the next couple weeks, they're going to be like, awesome. Now, I will tell you, people might come back around and thank you for it. Mm-hmm. How awesome is it to be the person who's like, I'm going to have the hard conversation and believe that God's going to do something in your life, or I'm going to have the hard conversation with myself, Yes, get some stuff lined up here, yes. that there is a gratitude that comes later because you were bold enough and loving enough to go, you talk all the time. <laughs> and I I love what you have to say, but yes. I think there's something in operation here that's not healthy. Yeah. And it's not presenting you for the real person that you are. Yes. Because this isn't who you actually are. This yes. is something that operates in your life for different reasons. Yes. But I love what Matthew 7, 3 through 5 says. And this is just Jesus. He said it perfectly as he, he always does. He, he kind of just, <laughs> he says, why would you focus on the flaw in someone else's life and yet fail to notice the glaring flaws of your own? Mm. <laughs> How could you say to your friend, let me show you where you're wrong when you're guilty of even more? Mm. You're being hypocritical and a hypocrite. First, acknowledge your own blind spots and deal with them. And then you'll be capable of dealing with the blind spot of your friend. Woo. So it's really, I mean, that's what we're dealing with here. If this is something that's an operation in your life or someone that you love, that if there is this know-it-all thing, I am so focused on everyone else. I'm not, there's very little self-awareness in my life. And I think sometimes it is a deflection. Like I don't really want to work through my own stuff. Mm-hmm. So I can just pretend and walk in a place of pride that I have it all together. I know it all and present myself in such a way that in, in, in the inner places of my life and heart, I don't actually believe that about mm-hmm. myself. And so part of it is really going, how do I begin to walk in a spirit of humility? A teachable spirit is what I often say. Like, am I being teachable with what the Lord's showing me or what someone's bringing to me? Yes. And 
aren't wonder people who are teachable and open and don't know it all are oh, wonderful to be around. Absolutely. Because I don't, then what happens is I don't feel like my stuff has to like rise up and now we're one upping yes. each other. Instead, yes. we're just able to be kind of jacked up and broken and loving Jesus and figuring it out together. Yes. There's a beauty in yes. that. And so really understanding next steps is going, okay, how do we diffuse even just the frustration yes. <laughs> that can come? In these kind of situations and knowing how to walk in compassion, like we said, knowing why this is maybe an operation and not giving an excuse, but really going, okay, why is this happening? So that it can actually be really diffused and you're not getting into these conversations with these people or with yourself internally and then not really going well. Because if you try to go into a conversation with someone who struggles with this know-it-all thing, you have to understand that you're probably not going to win. No. If you go in for the win and trying to one up or know more, you will lose. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so let's just call that right now. There's probably just going to be like a defensiveness that rises up. And what it becomes is now I'm more defensive than you are. And yes. it just suddenly the enemy enters the room and there's no, there's no heart to heart. There's no shift. There's no goodness that comes. And yes. so I think part of it is even talking through a little bit of that too, of going, okay, how do we go into these conversations where folks feel like they're able to hear what we're trying to say yes. because there is such a pride mm. that has deeper roots to it yeah. that presents as pride. But often when someone's operating from pride, there's typically a root of unworthiness mm. that they're putting off the pride yeah. or there's a place of insecurity or fear of rejection. Sure. So if I have that stuff operating under the pride and yeah. you go poke me in my pride, it ain't going to go well for you. No. But if you can discern what's actually operating underneath that pride yeah. and really get to the root of what's at the heart, you're going to see a breakdown happens in a good way. Yeah. And you're able to shift some things in your conversation. Yes. All the while understanding it's Holy Spirit that does this. Amen. We good. follow his lead. He That's shows right. us what's in operation That's so right. we can have some conversations. That's but right. any other thoughts, Rachel, Man, that come to mind on this? That's just so good, Jen. You know, I, I, I want to say one more thing just to what you said about the teachable spirit. And I think that Gosh, you could preach a lifelong sermon on the topic of teachability yes. and never get to the end. Because I, it's funny, in life, we think in our pride mm-hmm. and society as a whole will tell you it's what you know, it's what you can prove, it's what you can strive. But honestly, well, scripture says very different. Yeah. But, but what's really funny is when you get to like the nitty gritty and the practicality of like working with people, what employers want when they're looking to hire. Yeah. Even, I mean, this is super practical. Like we live in Nashville. Mm-hmm. We live in a city of some of the most incredible musicians in the That's world. Right. I was talking to our other friend here in Outreach. Mr. Caleb, he's part of our team. You'll get to hear from him another time. He's pretty awesome. He's pretty awesome. He's pretty cool. Agreed. But he, we were talking about this the other day about this teachability spirit with when you play with other people and about when playing with other musicians. And your husband probably has plenty of comments on this because he's a musician as well. Yes. How it is, it's much more desirable. Oh, I didn't phrase that right. But it's quite a bit nobody wants to play basically with somebody who's the most talented and amazing if they're a jerk and Thank trying you. to prove how good they are yes it's no fun it's no fun it's deflating it's deflating yes it's deflating <laughs> everybody would much rather take somebody maybe maybe the ability isn't quite there yet right. but they're teachable and they're fun and they're fun and, and they're they good love hang. what they do yes <laughs> so so it's just i mean you know jesus is so smart like he's a smart he's dude. He's the smartest. <laughs> like you know, the Bible is just the greatest because it actually is real life practical. Right. Like nobody wants to be around somebody who is trying to prove it all all the time mm-hmm. because 
at the end of the day, like that's not a healthy relationship. And so I just, I love that. I think, I think we underestimate the power of teachability. That's right. And think I need to have all these ducks in a row and I need to be the best, best, best. Instead of just saying what you said a moment ago and that simple phrase of, you know what? I don't know. Yes. And that there is power in that. Because then we figure it out together. Yes. And there's so much more margin for the Lord to reveal things yes. to us. We're not just figuring it out in our humanity anyway. Yes. I never, ever, ever want to think that I know it all. Yeah. Because I have just shut myself down to new revelation yes. and new growth and new ability to walk in who God's created me to be. Yes. You actually are shutting yourself off or that person mm, is shutting good. themselves off to the wonderful work of God in their lives. Because yes. if I know it all, what is, I can die now. <laughs> there ain't that. Yeah. <laughs> no, ma'am. Yeah. No, no. I think, man, that again, that's just who I think there's so much that you could say there. Um, you had started to go. Sorry, before I went off on that no, little tangent. Girl, go. When you said teachability, I was like, yes, Jesus, I know you're doing a work in my life right now. Because we, we literally, Caleb and I just had this conversation yesterday. Um, but no, I think that's so, so powerful. Um, so what what um, Jen was referencing a moment ago was actually... <laughs> having this conversation. So how can we practically, again, there's that word, but how can we have this conversation with some, you know, actual steps? And so I did a little bit of digging and I thought this was really uh, fun and helpful. We did at the beginning of the year, a series on leadership where we utilized a book called Extreme Ownership. And in Extreme Ownership, they interviewed these Navy SEALs that do these extreme, you know, (laughs) they're taking on these extreme ownership principles to basically take responsibility. Mm -hmm. So in doing some digging and referencing back to that, I found a lady, her name is Mel Robbins and she wrote this book called the five second rule. And it is, you talk about practical. I mean, it is so practical. Basically you count down backwards. You go five, four, three, two, one, go and do it. And what she proposes is in the time frame from counting down from five to one, deciding that you're just going to get up and do that thing, whatever it is, whether it's working out, getting up the first time that your alarm clock goes off, you know, choosing the better food choice, having that hard conversation. What she says is that it breaks down the, um, that, that, that gap or that possibility for your mind to start talking and going, Oh man, this is going to be scary. Don't do it. Or, Oh man, you should do that later. Put it off. It just cuts to the chase. And so she actually has three steps for having a conversation with somebody, uh, about, the know-it-all and she advises using the five four three two one about and obviously we would encourage having that prayer with holy spirit yes. and lord give me the boldness and then you're going to count down with me and when we go to one i'm going to go <laughs> the conversation we're was, going we're going, we're going. <laughs> uh, but the first one and i thought this was so good and it was just do you even care what the person is talking and arguing about now i don't mean this in a cutthroat way or even a you know sarcastic way like do you really even care but truly like is it worth what you're going to the energy that you're going to extend that's good to to get into to dive into that that place that you're going to have to go so it determines whether or not um you're going to pursue on to the next step and and take that deep dive so do you even care if you don't and it's like they're arguing about i mean you know like the right or wrong way, the best, oh my gosh, this is practical. The, my grandfather used to get in arguments all the time with people about the best routes to like the restaurant or Walmart. Right. And you know what? At the end of the day, like, bless him, Lord, bless him. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. You, you do you, <laughs> Papa. Like we don't have to all go like, truly that, that's what we called him. Like, and so, and I'm not even lying. We got to the point to where we were just like, it was not worth it. Right. So we just let him know it all. We okay. let him know it all there. Cause all the way there. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> that, there, it was not worth arguing. 
But if you decide, you know what, this actually is, this is, I prayed about it. This is the moment that I need to have this conversation. And I actually do care because maybe, I mean, this is my area of expertise or this is the area God has gifted me in. And I know that this person is not correct and this could hurt them later on down the road. Um, Then she takes you to a next step. This is kind of gross, but it, it, stay with me here. (laughs) She visualizes, she asks you to visualize throwing up. And yes, that is disgusting. But basically what she's trying to get you to do is, is visualize in the moment that what's happening right here is, is that it's verbal vomit, so to speak, because you're right. What's going on inside is coming out when they are doing the know-it-all thing, when they're doing the Mm know-it-all thing. And so what she advises you to do too, is to get out of the way. And by that, just let them go. Mm-hmm. Just let them go. Just let them know it all and say it all. Because what happens, and you already said this earlier, is we usually want to interject. Yeah. And then it kind of creates this spar. Mm-hmm. And they'll win. I mean, They'll win in the sense that, like, you'll never end the going at it thing. Yes. So you might as well let them get it out. Just let them go. And she advises graciously asking them, is there anything else? Anything else? Anything else? you like, eventually they'll run out of, I mean, you may be there a while. So again, Assess whether or not you right. really care about Do you this. have the time? Do you have the time? Because <laughs> you may not have the time. And then I thought this last one was so great. And we used this a lot at um, in our last series with um, how should we respond to the church? And that is staying curious. Mm. And not staying curious with a critical spirit with or even a... Uh, um, a spirit of, of trying to uh, shame them, but really staying curious, especially if it's in a field that you actually know a lot in. So asking questions, well, how, then how does this work? Or really, I've done some study in that and I've never heard that before. How, how would this work? And asking mm-hmm. questions. Because a lot of times what will happen is when you're sincerely staying curious and asking those questions, they, they won't know. Yeah. Or the, 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 It'll deflate. Yes. (laughs) And it's not, I think the thought that comes to mind, I think sometimes we can hear this and feel like, well, it's important to know that we're not doing this in a condescending way. Thank you. It's a genuine place of going, because, but this comes from a place of health in our own lives. Absolutely. That I don't have to pick up on what's happening with you. I can actually kind of coach you through it. Yes. Step aside as you're throwing up, whatever it may (laughs) be, but really going, okay, I'm, I'm acknowledging that this is the struggle that you're having. Yeah. And I care about you and love about love you enough to stay curious, to let it just kind of come all out, but to also kind of keep an eye out for that breakdown when they begin to run out Yes, and they kind of hit some points where that may even be where the Lord starts to encourage you to have some of the hard conversations. Do you realize you've been talking for 20 minutes about this and you have so much to say, Mm -hmm. but I wonder if you know that you present yourself in a way that you know it all. And that hurts my heart for you because A, I know you don't. And mm-hmm. B, it's presenting you in a f- way that's just not always nice to be around. Yeah. Yeah. Just something to think about. Yep. And so I think the last thought I have, and then we'll wrap up for today, is that it's coming back to that pride place yeah. and realizing that pride is a funny way, whether it's mm. you're listening and maybe this is poking at you a little and going, man, this is something I can kind of do sometimes. Or if you know someone in your life, you're like, I don't even know how to have that conversation because they are so prideful about this. Yeah. I just really encourage you to pray into that because anytime as a counselor, whatever form or role I play in my life, when there's a pride in operation, the Lord has shown me time after time, the only way for pride to really be broken down is from a place of prayer because there's such a wall that goes up. It's unworthiness and security. Those things somehow often communication can break into that and you can have a good conversation. Pride is one of those things though, man, it's a different form of brick wall in someone's Mm -hmm. life that 
is very difficult to know how to operate in and to navigate through. And so I really just want to leave listeners with that final thought today is to really understand if you see pride in any of the things over the next couple of weeks, prayer is always key to all the things, Mm -hmm. but especially when there's a pride route, Mm -hmm. because it's really difficult for people to hear you when they're operating from that. But always knowing there's something deeper if pride is there and help it having the Lord show you what that's about. So So hopefully week two has been helpful to you all. We want to continue to encourage you though, over the next couple weeks, if you kind of come in midway to pause, to stop, to go back and to hear what we've got to say, because a lot of this is building and kind of working off of each other. Um, But we are so excited to continue this conversation next week. um, And we hope that you will join us then. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com. Mm-hmm.